Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Joy of Financial Planning podcast. The topics of this podcast are a complement to the book, Joy of Financial Planning, available at Amazon.com and many other fine, fine retailers, I'm sure. Uh, Joy of Financial Planning is about the belief that we can overcome the unique economic and life challenges we face as a generation. We believe we can do this by first getting our economic house in order. In fact, we have no other choice. We must grow our wealth, follow our passions, and live with compassion to find creative ways to achieve our own version of the American dream. This episode and others in the series is a transcription of this month's letter to stakeholders I write for the wealth management clients of Jason Howell Company and our broader community network, which includes you. Go to jasonhowell.com slash blog for additional insights, episode links, or just to contact us. In this episode, I talk about how the strength of the U.S. dollar hurts other economies and indirectly our own. I also give my take on the significance of the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Please send your feedback to Jason at jasonhowell.com and give this episode a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, if that's the kind of thing you do. For more about my unique brand of family wealth management, just go to jasonhowell.com. Friday, September 9th, 1.36 p.m. Eastern. Back and forth go the public stock and bond markets. This week's valuations are higher, and this is when I wrote this about a week ago, but overall the market has been stuck in a range since summer began. If you're following, June's low was fully reversed in July. August started off well, then crashed during the second half of the month. And when I'm speaking to this, I'm speaking to the stock market. Today, we're about a little more than halfway over June's low in the stock market. But if you're a client of ours, you're okay. We captured much of the July-August highs by rebalancing your portfolio, keeping your eyes on your long-term growth, keeping our eyes on your long-term growth, which means we you know, sell high and buy low. Now, the subject of this particular letter and podcast episode is really in and around the strong U.S. dollar. The value of the U.S. dollar is at a 20-year high and will keep climbing as our central bank, i.e. the Federal Reserve or the Fed, raises the federal funds rate. Our biggest trading partners like Canada and the European Union are also raising rates to fight global inflation. Last month, I mentioned that people who analyze the direction of the stock market, i.e. stock market analysts, uh, seek out so-called economic indicators to make their predictions. They pay special attention to corporate earnings expectations. While a strong dollar predictably hurts the earnings of multinational corporations because it reduces the purchasing power of their foreign consumers. Think about Starbucks and Apple, who have a lot of their business, as an example, in China. This particular indicator, along with others, like the reduction of the money supply, particularly in this country, helps to explain recent short-term predictions of a recession in the U.S. economy. September, like January, often feels like the start of something new. 
That exciting feeling has unfortunately not typically translated to positive stock market returns. Could it be different this year? Both February and September traditionally are the worst months for the stock market. Just It's just a hiccup of, um, of history. And whether it's different this year depends on a lot of things, but this is a another one of those unprecedented times because we are post-pandemic. In fact, we're still in pandemic economy. So as I wrote in my letter, this is the recurring question for the unprecedented, still pandemic-driven economy. Will this time be different because everything else has been unprecedented? China is once again in lockdown mode and much of Europe is in crisis mode, though Russia has much more to do with that than the pandemic. In the United States for over 10 years, the Federal Reserve, again, i.e. the Fed, has provided a loose monetary policy. It's called quantitative easing, whole other subject. And that helped grow our economy. In September this month, the Fed will continue to tighten monetary policy, which will slow the economy on purpose. This action in September, um, well, this action is to help fight inflation. That's really the point, which is quirky because whoever thought like one would want to slow the economy, but that's the only way to fight inflation. Unfortunately, this could also continue lowering stock and bond market returns simultaneously, which is actually the weirdest thing because it's just not common. Remember, though, that this is all commentary for the short term. This is not forever. This is not necessarily, you know, a very long term thing. September may surprise the analysts and the economists and the pundits and actually be up this year instead of down. The stock market has been finishing up for a lot of this month, but as of the markets today, it's way down. Gas prices are dropping. Housing prices are dropping. And both are key components of the inflation indicators that everyone, including the economists, including institutional investors, are so worried about. So who knows what might happen in September. If we have another July, which means the market's you know going up, then we'll upload or actually adjust your portfolios the way we did in July and August, capturing the benefits of the bounce and reinforcing the long-term plan as we always promise, again, at least to our clients. And if you're listening to this and you're not a client, using the old maxim of buying low and selling high is sometimes hard to do. When the market's rising, it's hard to actually sell. And when the market's crashing, it's hard to actually buy. But over time, that benefits your portfolio. This month's stakeholder spotlight is on Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth II has died. Almost nothing else need be said about a person who seems to always have been alive, at least for as long as you can remember. And that's the title that the BBC had. Queen Elizabeth II has died. Just very succinct, very clear. I'm all of 48 years old, but you'd have to be over 80 years old to remember a time when Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor was not queen. Tradition and institution have been losing reverence and respect for a few decades now. We are at a time in world history where not even facts carry the same nobility as they once did. To hear both politicians and her mere subjects, quote unquote, speak of her 
is to listen to people who sound much like friends do when they've lost a parent. In this case, a guardian. Check it out on YouTube. You can see reaction from the public. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's breathtaking. While nearly none of us know a world without this queen, we can recognize how impactful the era of British royalty, especially with its faults, has impacted and influenced the United States of America. We needn't look much further than the Broadway production of Hamilton, now available at the Kennedy Center, or that My Country Tis a V is set to the tune of God Save the Queen. The Atlantic magazine headline writers called Queen Elizabeth II the Queen of the World. And in fact, there's a link to that article in the show notes. As the publication does regularly, they attempted to explain both the controversy and the majesty of their protagonist. There will be many others who attempt to do the same. I'll leave you to search through those articles, future documentaries, and shared history of a bygone era embodied in one human being. Have a meaningful month.